0: Welcome back to the Mate Out Was podcast with me, Josh, and me, Dono. Dono, yeah. what <laughs> a night! What a night for both of us. Scott McTominay. I thought there was a Liam Bates song that was going
1: to come out afterwards. Nah, there's Conor Houraghan, but the
0: Leon Bailey. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll go with that. What a night! What, what a night for that was. Let's... That was unreal.
0: Let's start by talking about the. Uh, it, like, do you know what the thing is? Right, is the reality is is, it. I don't feel like it should be, but it. Act, but hundred percent is the bigger game is City Villa, and you. you just, if you were someone who just looks at like the like the maybe the stature of the two clubs you would probably think oh man united's Chelsea massive game but the big game of the night was um, Villa city which obviously villa won one nil and by the way we're recording this literally what at half ten so the game's finished fifteen minutes ago
1: I think this is the first time I've sat down since eight fifteen I was on my feet for the whole game mate that was absolutely amazing like from from the from the start we were <laughs> we were playing clubs weren't we <laughs> just as the game kicked <laughs> off i had it on my phone and i was like we could keep the ball in the corner on clubs because we were five two up we were like just keep the ball because i've got we've got to, watch the start, got to watch the start of the game and then mate oh my god the football city are known for dominating games we absolutely dominated them i've never seen i've never seen a team dominate a city like that really so I can't honestly I can't I can't remember a team that's dominant. Have you ever have, have you ever seen a team dominate so, City since squad? Re- really it? weirdly, I d-
0: no. But really weirdly, my brother-in-law's a my brother-in-law's a Villa fan, and he texts me saying we're absolutely battering City. This stinks of a one-nil City win type thing because they've just the a yeah, shit house. It. it does, but um, the- uh, but you no, usually be like oh we're playing really well, blah blah blah. I think to actually go out and go actually we're battering this lot is sort of a sign that you obviously are battering those lot as well. Especially against Mate, City. we
1: were battering them. The first half, right? I sent. I think I sent a stat in the group chat from update. It was like, Villa had, had the most shots on goal for any side to ever play against the Pep Guardiola team. No way. In the league ever. Which is 13 shots in the first half. City had two shots, right? And they came from one attack in which Erlen Haaland was offside for the first phase of the attack. In the attack, he has... Someone has a shot. It comes back to him. He heads it. Martinez makes a save. So he makes a double save. That's the two shots. That's the two shots they had all game.
0: Fucking hell!
1: Didn't have that was no it. shots in the second half. Didn't have a, I don't think there was a shot in the second half. I might be wrong. I think Douglas Louise flicked a sh- flicked a header towards Martinez, and he. I don't know if that'll count as a shot. But mate, we were unbelievable. So good. It was. It was. I was watching. I was thinking. You know, it's like, 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 yeah, like, like Andy said. We're absolutely battering a new site, They're going to score. They're inevitably yeah, going to yeah. score. Some start coming on. Oscar Bob come on. I was like in my head. I was like, he's going to score. Is he scored a Premier League goal yet? I was like, he's definitely going to score. <laughs> there's he's he's, it, he's someone. When whenever someone comes on who's not scored a Premier League yeah. goal, they always score. They always score again. Well, Oscar Bob is someone as well that's never going to just have a last
0: name. Is he? He will never be known as Bob. He's he's always going to be Oscar Bob as well. I every time I've seen him play, he looks all right, but obviously not tonight.
1: He was, he was giving me like Federico Makeda vibes that haunts me still to this day coming off the bench. You're like, who the fuck is this guy comes on, scores a winning goal. That is, that is exact. I was thinking this, this guy's going to come on. He, he's going to score. It's inevitable. It, it always happens. It probably happens to every, every fan. If a player comes on, they've never scored a goal or like they're making their debut. You're like, they're going to score. You just know it. It's just, in. it's just in like the club's DNA in it, but nah, not today. Not today, son. Mm-hmm
0: mental who is who because obviously obviously like I said we're recording this so quickly afterwards any standouts I mean you I know obviously every, everyone's a standout on a day like today but gone any any standouts did you say
1: John McGinn John, John McGinn was for first half especially he was outstanding like he was everywhere he I know we were saying Rico Lewis for England but John McGinn for England <laughs> John McGinn had him in the headlock, mate. He was all over him, like a rash. He was out, like, mate, yeah, but he was brilliant. He was so good. Um, Leon Bailey. I don't know what he's taken this year, but he's on He's on the fucking, he's on the Lucas A tablets, I reckon. He's on He's on crackers, mate. He's absolutely nuts. Did he start?
0: He he started ahead of,
1: did Diaby play or, or not play? Diaby came on for like 10 minutes at the end of the game or Diaby needs to watch out because Diaby's quietly not been not been amazing last few last few games Leon Bailey's been coming off the bench lighting it up He started the last two games being one of our best players so good for him he's been he's had a hard time for Villa um, with injuries and that but he's electric when he gets going especially at home man he's one of these players you know when when they play at home they get the crowd get behind and they get Start performing away from home. He's not not the same player, but oh man, <laughs> look at
0: your face! <laughs> I, can't,
1: I can't, I can't, I can't talk about any more guys. It's, it's, I don't know. I'm not gonna be able to what say. I find
0: really funny is the fact that Leon Bailey was by Leverkusen as a starting winger. They sold him to you to then go and get someone to replace him in Mr. Diaby, who then ended up two or three years later yeah. joining you afterwards. And now you think. Well, most of the RBs come in because Leon is not performing well enough, but actually Leon is performing at a really high... It's weird. Weird way for everything to work out, but not a class. It's huge. It's a huge result. Is it... Uh, and before we talk about United, like, I said this in our... I said it in our group chat yesterday, and someone someone said, well done to Arsenal for winning the league after 15 games, <laughs> and that someone was you. Like, I, I don't think... I, I, my point is
1: you think Arsenal are going to win? I the think
0: league? I think if you look I think if you look at their result yesterday I think yeah I think they are going to I think because they've won so many games by not being very good or not 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 being very good but not being good enough and they're still winning games I think is a sign of a, I think is a sign of a champion which is also why I think Man United are going to win the league as well because we have been dog shit already 3 points behind City but um that was a joke uh, I think for Arsenal the fact that
1: I'd say I'm more the league <laughs> yeah. so it doesn't matter I
0: think the fact that Arsenal are top of the league now Luton yesterday scored really really late winner terrible by all accounts in the last game against Wolves towards the end obviously they were 2-0 up and cruising but then they conceded and then they really drop off but still managed to cling on Brentford they were rubbish I watched that and they managed to win there's nine points in three games that they probably weren't at their best like, what do you think do you think they can do, do it? No don't, who, who, don't, do, who do you I think comes think. ahead of them?
1: Um, Villa. I d- I don't think they'll win the league. I don't think Mikel Arteta has got the. I don't think he's got the. he's got the minerals. The minerals. that's what
0: I, I want to say, say. Yeah, you want to say the bollocks? Don't then, yeah, the just say the bollocks. You ain't got the bollocks to do it. Is what you want to say?
1: It's all about him. I don't think. He, I don't think they'll win the league. I think. I think. I think Liverpool are cruising nicely. I think Liverpool could easily win the league. Yeah. Two
0: one two nil again tonight, didn't they? And they just sort of get they're they're really they're really under the radar,
1: aren't they? They are, yeah. They're I think there's been a lot made about like the, the new midfield and it's like it, it's starting to it's starting to tick. They're just grinding out results. I know, I know what you're saying about Arsenal. I think Arsenal have had a good run of res, a good run of results, but the games that they're winning, they they should be winning, but they should be winning them comfortably. Like last night they should have battered Luton. You shouldn't concede three against Luton no. if you're going to win the league. And the goals they conceded were piss, were piss poor, weren't they? The, the, David Raya was 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 shocking. Really, he was bad. Mate. That third goal, that Ross Barkley goal, mate. Oh my god! Oof. You've got to say Oof, that he's terrible. And, and maybe
0: that could be the. To be fair, if you look at the differences between the sides, I don't think there's too much in it. But the, I think there are positions where things are more, more and more important. And Arsenal and Liverpool both have top, top centre backs. Then they have both got good midfielders. I think they're both. I think Arsenal have got a slightly better midfield. I say Liverpool probably got. a I don't know if Liverpool have a better front three, but they have a better player in their front three. Salaries, is Salah's better than anyone in their front three. But I think a goalkeeper makes such a big difference, doesn't it? Really. And Alisson Allison is top three in the world. I think he's the best. I know he was shit against City of the week, but I think, I think Allison's the best in the world. So th- it, it makes a big difference.
1: Yeah. I, I think, I think he is the best. Just. I think because he's just so comfortable. I think that's what makes him the best.
0: Who's second for you? Just out of intrigue. Emmy Martinez. Oh, mate, he's Edison made, is not fair, the
1: best goalkeeper in the world. I like Edison, but he's made an amazing save guy. I've scoffed, I would have scoffed at that before, but Emmy is, Emmy is, Heavy is genuinely unbelievable and, and criminally underrated I don't want to go about go on about Villa too much but as a shot as a shot stopper he's amazing but with his feet he is incredible the way we play now is I, I'd say a lot of it is down to him because if we had when Martin when, when Olsen comes in he is shot. I was about to say Martin Olsen when Robin Olsen comes in he is honking he can't play the ball out so it puts the defenders under pressure but Emi Martinez, golf clubs for feet. He's unreal, man. Just whatever he needs, he's got it. He's quality, mate. I think, for me, uh, Edison's the same, but I think as a goalkeeper, I think Martinez is a better goalkeeper. Edison with the ball at his feet is probably a little bit better than Martinez, but there's nothing in it for me, really. I think think he's definitely a better player.
0: I think as well, like I was listening to Ben Foster talk on a podcast about top 10 goal, Premier League goalkeepers of all time and he was, desperate to get Martinez in the li- in the list. He said within two which is mental. He said he's yeah, yeah because he said like oh I don't know if I could do it because he hasn't played that many games. He said within two seasons he'll definitely be in that list. And that is mental, isn't it? Like the the like that is mental. But he is he's so good. I think the world. I think the World Cup is you know when you just need someone to remind you need something to remind everyone how good you are. He was outstanding at the World Cup. And he would—he's probably been outstanding for a long time, but kind of gone under the radar. Whereas, like now, I think people go, "Oh, yeah, shit, he's one of the best."
1: He's played in a really bad Villa team though for the last two years. Uh, the, uh, the, what the back end of Dean Smith and the whole of the Gerard era—the defense was awful. He kept us in quite a lot of games, but when you're conceding goals left, right, and centre, you, your goalkeeper's not going to stand out. But under this new system, he is—yeah, he's amazing. So, so you think Liverpool are going to win it? Is that, um, what your, is that what your prediction is? I think Villa are going to win it, but I think <laughs> Liverpool are going to play. I don't think Arsenal will qualify for the Champions League. <laughs> nah, I think. Be, nah, being honest, honestly, I think it's so hard. Isn't if it? I had to bet, I would. I would bet on Arsenal, yeah. but. You can't. You can't it's call the, it. I mate, think it's, it's too tight. Mate, I'm going to say. It, so I'm going to right. say it,
0: this could be as a neutral one of the best leagues ever. I think mean, it's the best seasons ever. Yeah. Obviously, it's, it's the best league in the world. But it's, it's a season. I think it could be one of the there's best. Eight
1: teams league. going going for Champions League places. I can't remember a yeah. season when yeah. there was there was probably eight teams going for it. Even
0: last year, the, even last year it was pushing a little bit. But also Liverpool would. Dog shit, and it would have taken Man United or Newcastle falling off a cliff which both of them nearly did to put it in there and it's yeah this year I feel like there's I mean the top six the top six is mental like I, I actually cannot believe that United are three points behind City right bearing in mind in, in the perception is it's been the biggest disaster ever for United in terms of their season there's all of these ho- awful stats being rolled out with three points behind city and we have been, and, and, and I, like it's not me saying that this isn't like a, that isn't me trying to defend it and go, Oh, actually, no, you're not even way better than everyone thinks I have. Cause I actually don't think they have. I'm just saying how batshit everything is, is the fact that man city who are man city, who've had like uh, Bernardo Silva being outstanding, Harlan scoring shit loads of goals. I know he's getting slagged off a little bit, whatever. Doku's the, is the new best thing in the world. Um, Julian Alvarez, five games into the season, playing in behind. Wow, how amazing is that? Still, only three points behind Man United. Like that, there is. It's just. It's crazy, isn't it?
1: It's crazy because, uh, but it's the expectation of the club, isn't it? Like you are sixth in the league. Last season, you finished in the top four. If you're not in that top four or around it, you get a few bad results. The media, it, it happens. It. That's the sign of a massive club, isn't it? Like, yeah, it'd be the same if it's Liverpool, it'd be the same if it's City. It wouldn't be the same if it was City, it'd be the same if it was Liverpool. But, like, the fans get, get mental if you're not in yeah. that top four. So, and when you actually strip it, when you actually I'm strip it back, at it right? now. sorry, when, sorry. Just I'll come,
0: we'll come back to that in a second. When you actually strip it back, yeah. right, for Manchester United, if they get into the top four or top five, the idea is that it's massive to be in the Champions League, which it is, which is there's there's no denial that it's massive to be in the Champions League, right? But the revenue side of it probably isn't as integral to us as it is to clubs in other leagues who don't have as much of a turnover. So I'm thinking like the Italian league where a lot of clubs are struggling. It's not as integral to us there is not a fucking hope in hell that we're ever going to win the Champions League
1: not this season though
0: there's there's not this not not with this not not this season not for the next 10 seasons not, there's not a hope in hell we're going to win it so when you actually strip it back what actually what like what, what is it? like I, like obviously you want to come as high as possible what is the importance if we come 4 4 third or whatever let us let, say it was only the top 2 that got in we came third instead It actually wouldn't be like that much of a difference cuz it cuz in the t- sense of the what i mean by that is in the sense of the european side it means we're, we're never going to win the champions league and, we, and the and european revenue yeah great but probably isn't that much of an impact to man U- i think man is quite a specific example but it's probably not that much of an impact we weren't in the champ- we weren't in the champions league last year and we bought casimir of 70 million we bought anthony for 88 million do you know what i mean it's not like it means that much to us financially 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 let me just let me just put that as like a this is taking all emotion and all of the other side of football out of it the financial
1: side of it and just like with your no I know, numerical you, I know what you mean it. it's, it's it's hard isn't it because Unless you win something, it's not a good season really for Man United, is it? You can come second and and go out of the go out of the FA Cup early, go out of everything else early, all of the cup competitions, and not compete. You finish second; it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, agreed. Because yeah, ultimately, the, all the fans want is trophies. Yeah, which th- that's what, that's what you've been used to for the past twenty years. Like you can. When it like qualifying for the Champions League, you'd almost probably take sixth this year if it meant you would ch- t- challenge for the title next year, or you take eighth or ninth this year if it meant you're going to challenge for the title next year because you don't, you don't like just being in the competitions is pointless for Man United, like, <laughs> yeah. Li- well, this season's literally case in point, isn't it? We worked so
0: hard to get in the Champions League and we're going to get not attacked all- in the group stages in a group with Copenhagen and Galatasaray in it, so.
1: Yeah, um, it's not great, mate.
0: Anyway, right, I don't want to put a damper on this because I actually want to talk about United.
1: Yeah, what a result. Scott, oh.
0: Scott McTominay. Yeah, what a result, right? But it was, obviously you haven't seen it, it was batshit.
1: The whole game was... Chelsea games are like that, though, ab-
0: aren't they? Absolutely batshit. Like, at halftime, it could have been 4-0 United or 4-0. <laughs> it wouldn't have been a justified 4-0. It was just fucking mental. We should have... We should have scored so many more we should have scored so many more but winning ultimately at the end of the day is the is is a is the big thing and and it still feels even though Chelsea aren't the Chelsea of old it still feels massive beating Chelsea
1: yeah
0: I don't, it, it always does it, it's I yeah. love beating Chelsea Same. I feel like everyone loves beating Chelsea Do you know what I mean? I love it. um my dad's a Chelsea fan as well so that obviously helps um, but it was we were I'm not gonna we were we were good we were i'm not going to say we were great we were in between good and great we were very good i would say but also chelsea could have scored two or three goals also that's but that's that's the mental thing chelsea could have scored two or three goals and i mean like i don't know it was it was just like it's batshit watching us is batshit anthony was all right which is mental because he's he's been shocking for us Garnacho was lively, but his end product was shocking. Hoyland, I, as, as soon Hoyland needs to score a goal as soon as possible. I'm desperate for him to score. I'm desperate for him to score. Um, and I think the the other thing that really stood out for me, obviously Scott McTominay, man of the match performance, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but Amrabat was brilliant. I thought Amrabat was I thought Amrabat was brilliant tonight, and and he and he He's never going to do anything particularly special to show, like, wow, look how look at these great things I do. Because he's he sits in front of the back four, but he took the ball under pressure a lot. He he looked like he was confident. He won six, seven, eight tackles, or or, in, or retrieved the ball x amount of times. Um, he was sort of pressing at the right times and stuff, and he just looked really, really good. And, and as I was watching, I was thinking, fuck, we have needed a player like that for a long, long time. Like a long, long... I know, I know Casemiro, Casemiro did it last year as well, but Casemiro also was not quite as defensive as... But I think people thought he was. He used to push up... He, he scored a few goals for us last year, etc. But mm-hmm. it was good to have someone in like that who I feel like maybe fits the idea of Ten Hag more. Because I've been really disappointed by Amrabat. I was, I was excited about the sign of Amrabat and generally I've been quite disappointed by him. But... Today I thought he was very good, um, yeah, really good performance. I love, I love beating Chelsea and Scott. Scott, I mean, is I. I was talking to someone the other day about with Tom and He was like, "Oh, he actually doesn't look that good, but he scores goals." And I kind of think, yeah, okay, but I'd rather have a player that scores. He scored two goals and won us a game today, and maybe wasn't the best player, but we would have lost if he was. Do, do you know what I mean?
1: I don't I don't get that. I don't get that shout for McTominay, because I think whenever I see him play, I think he does look good. I don't think he looks I don't think he looks like lazy on the ball or anything. Like I think he's sloppy in possession. I think he's a very good footballer. He's probably not a um he's probably not like a like a, what was what I trying to say, if his name wasn't Scott McTominay, if he was a Brazilian name, you'd be like, Oh, he's really good, he's really effective, keeps the ball. Scores goals, yeah. I think, I think, I think he's a class player. It's a shame he's twenty seven or twenty eight, is he now? Because really, like, you could be, you could be building that midfield around him, but he doesn't seem to. be... Uh, my my perspective my perception of McTominay is he doesn't. He, he, doesn't he start has a lot done of recently. Games.
0: He has done recently. Uh, he has done. Yeah, the, over the course of the last um, what month, month and a half, he has started quite a lot for us. Well, he started every game for us, but I, I I think coming back to that, I think one of his other issues, which is going to sound really, really, really silly, is the fact he's six foot four. I think it doesn't help him because he's a six foot four midfielder. People go right, hold a midfielder. How many six foot? How many six? How many six? Yeah, exactly. How many six foot four attacking midfielders do you know? Not not even that he is like he's he's definitely not a number ten, but he's he's his strengths come in going forward as opposed to going backwards. But like he used to play. Mm.
1: He's a box to box builder, really, isn't he?
0: He's a, but he's all, but, but he's also quite like a arrive late to the box and score. He needs to be a striker. Yeah. That's, that's the type of midfielder he is. And the thing is, is that he played right centre back for Scotland when they played in the back three. He's played sitter for Man United. I also think is why he got tarnished by the McFred thing because him and Fred were both sitters and neither of them ever were sitters. Um, so I think he's, he, he's working off that because there are players that can do that role. I think the the reality is, is, when there aren't players that are around that could do that role, like pre-Casemiro, we didn't have a holding midfielder. We genuinely didn't have one other than Matic, who was, who was gone, whose legs were absolutely gone by that point. So you go, right, who can I put in holding midfield? Right, I'll just put the big lad in there. And that's what happened. So yeah, great result. But I want to come, I want to talk about Chelsea a little bit. Fuck me, man. <laughs> like... Yeah. Moises Caicedo for 125 million pounds. And I don't want to be, I don't want this podcast to become like a reactionary thing where it's like one game, wow, he's awful. But that midfield pivot, the oh, Jesus Christ, the midfield pivot, (laughs) the midfield, but but, but what I mean is the midfield of Enzo and Moises Caicedo cost 230 million pounds and uh, Enzo has played 32 games for Chelsea. He's won eight. He's won 25% of their games. Moises Caicedo today got absolutely eaten alive by Amrabat and McTominay. Genuinely eaten alive. He was dog shit. He was absolute dog shit. Enzo was dog shit. I was going to try and say he was all right. He wasn't. He gave away a penalty that was a definite penalty and he missed two sitters. And I don't really know. He didn't run the midfield. It wasn't like, oh, Chelsea's midfield were dictating all the play. He was average today. And this isn't me saying that Enzo's a bad footballer because I think out of the two, I think Enzo is, is much better than Caicedo, personally. But, like, you can't spend £230 million in a midfield and get... You you, you cannot spend that much money on two midfielders and get run over by Amrabat and McTominay. It can't happen.
1: That midfield two... It's so imbalanced. I think I, you can't have that as your. That's that's not a strong enough. Too uh, then he's, you need a third midfielder in there. That the, their qualities don't. Real bad man. <laughs> mm, he's not a centre mid though, is He, he
0: played, no. He was playing in the ten today, and he was good. He was really good today. Yeah. So. and he scored. It was a good. It was a great goal they, as well. To be fair to him.
1: No, nah, they need to never. They never. They need to never play similar to yeah, that's, that. Yeah, but, to yeah Enzo, but really. Yeah, but,
0: yeah, but Chelsea are just batshit. shit. The the other the, the worst, you the most meta part is the best. Their best midfielder this year is Conor Connor Gallagher. I nearly said Conor McGallagher. Hey, it's been Conor McGallagher. <laughs> Conor Gallagher has been their best midfielder this year. He wasn't there today, and they missed him a lot. You could tell they missed him a lot. Conor Gallagher, and this isn't me. this Conor Gallagher is a good footballer. Conor Gallagher is good. He's a good footballer. He gets into the England side. He's a very good footballer. You're Chelsea and you spent a billion pounds. You can't be relying on the fact that your best midfielder is a bloke that comes through the academy that you go, he's a good footballer. You, you can't spend a billion pounds. You can't spend a billion pounds and look lost because that's not your best player.
1: Yeah. A player that was being like touted around like clubs that were kind of looking at maybe like, yeah, West Ham, Crystal Palace, like, prior to this season would have probably been well even now he'd probably be a great signing for them but he's Chelsea's Yeah, you know, like you say he's Chelsea's best midfielder they can't offload him now like they're going to probably want to offload him when they when they find a better replacement for him but they can't afford to at the moment it's crazy really because they were probably looking at I reckon I'm, I want to say that, like last season they were looking to offload him for like 30 odd million yeah they were and they ended up keeping him yeah and do, do you know what I find do you know what I find mental
0: is Chelsea spend a billion pounds and it's almost like kind of accepted because it's kind of like, oh, yeah, well, you know, Todd Bowley, oh yeah, he's putting all these contracts in. Oh, he's buying all his pairs. Oh, it's a little bit random. But when it's Man United, Man United complaining about the lack of, the, the, all the poor recruitment or anything like that, it's like, well, you spent all this money. It's like, no, it can't go one way and not go the other way. Like the recruitment at Chelsea is absolutely shocking in the same way that the recruitment Man United is. Absolutely shocking, but for some reason, as when you're at Chelsea, you get a complete free pass about it that is shocking. Managed-
1: because no one but Man United Because know. no one cares.
0: No, I, I don't even think it's as much as no one cares. I think it's I no I I don't think as so much as no one cares it is though
1: really. no, no, I don't... if Chelsea were winning, were winning the league people will go oh yeah that's but Chelsea have ridiculous. won the league like, Chelsea I'm have but,
0: but historically Chelsea have won the league and, and they uh, have yeah and, but my, um, so have Man United but Man United haven't won anything in really well we've won obviously the league cup and the FA cup but we haven't won the league in 12-13 years so why does everyone care about us so much
1: because Man United are a vastly bigger club than Chelsea will ever be
0: yeah agreed yeah, yeah I agree but I also think that it's I also think the reaction of, oh, it's Chelsea, you know, their mentor, they're going to spend all this money, blah, blah, blah. And then the reaction to, oh, well, Man United spend loads of money. And it's like, yeah, that's it. Yes, but it's who is spending that money and how in that how is that money being spent? Being spent. Chelsea spent a billion pound bought Nico
1: Jackson and that's their only striker. I think Chelsea's looked at from an outside, outside perspective as a bit of like a circus. So they, it's kind of like, you can't really take it seriously, that like the spending is so ridiculous. Like when they bought Cole Palmer, everyone was like, that is such a stupid sign. He's been because their best signing. That's that's probably the best signing out of all. He's Alderman. been,
0: mate, he's, uh, who, what Todd
1: Bowley signing has been better than
0: him? What Todd, like, like, they, they've, they have bought some absolutely ridiculous players. A Bamiyang. Do you remember a Bamiyang? They bought a Bamiyang. <laughs>
1: What? They bring these players on, and I think I've never heard like with Chelsea. Norm- they normally sign like up and coming youngsters you've actually heard of. They they had this one guy playing. I I I the won't, I won't try fiel- The centre midfielder
0: against Newcastle. Yeah. yeah. Who the fuck is that? They spent twenty five million on him.
1: I've never heard they- of him. Maybe because we're getting older, we didn't play no, FIFA no, as much. I like play
0: FIFA. Don't you worry about that. I don't know who he is. <laughs> the thing is, as well, they bought um, they bought uh, Badia Shile in January. He looked all right from Monaco for forty million. So then, Badia Yashile's replacement was another young centre back called Diasasi, and then they go and buy him for forty million. And it turns out, actually fucking crap. Or what? Just, sorry, he was he was crap today. Sorry, I, I, he might not be fucking crap. That could be harsh, but he was. I don't watch Chelsea enough to say, but he was crap today. He was crap today. And I thought Paddy Ashina looked on, right.
1: Whilst we're on the Chelsea rant, that right back, what's his face? Oh,
0: Malagusto, Jesus wept. Mate, hey. speaking of... Where'd they get in from? Uh, Leon. Leon, mate, speaking of right backs today, Rhys James. Oof, he was awful. He was awful. Mate, I can't believe how bad he was. They took off um, old kooky air that they spent $62 million on to bring on uh, Reece James oh, captain Reece not James don't get me started no, man. I can so bad he mate he honestly I'm not joking he stank the place out they should have brought Kukurea was doing a better job than Reece James as he was awful that says a lot it does but but right the, my, what my original point was coming back to the about the spending thing is like I like Potch but why why does he get given so much slack because he's, because, because, let, if it, let's have it right, right? He's, he's part of the two, he's part of the 250 million pound that was spent this summer, and he's the manager of that club. And then, and then they have a cup, they have a good result against Spurs with nine men, and they score four goals against Man City, but concede four goals because they've got no, it looks like they've got no idea when they play.
1: He gets slack because all of the pundits have come out and said, Chelsea are going to have a season. Mitre Postino is an amazing, world-class manager. He'll get them going eventually. So none of them are going to put their neck out on the line and go. I was wrong about that. No one wants to do it because they, they're they're thinking it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna click eventually. And then they go. I told you so. All, all of them. Every all of them. Anyone in the, All of the Sky pundits. Probably most of them on TalkSport as well are saying it. are oh, brilliant appointment by Chelsea. World-class manager. They've. they've you're all these players. Just give him time. He'll get it right. He's a world-class manager. If me. They're 10th. The thing
0: is, I do actually think he is a... Uh, the, uh, I'm saying kind of trying to be devil's advocate because I think he's... I don't think he's a bad manager. I don't think he's a bad manager at all. Um, I just think they're such a circus. It's nigh on impossible to deal with. But... But anyway, let's move on from those shit houses. Let's talk about a couple of other teams that have sort of gone up and down under the radar. Not the Forest. They're, they're they've had a shit, haven't they? Yeah, weirdly just been quite poor. Like under the radar quite poor.
1: Yeah, we played them a couple of weeks ago at their place and they were very effective. They scored two goals from outside the box and they were they were like Probably avoidable goals, but they were clinical. Both both cha- two chances, two goals, and then they shut up shop and we didn't really get a sniff. They were just all over us. The centre back, the Brazilian centre back they've got is absolutely Amarillo. fucking class. He yeah, every time I've seen him play, he looks really good. Yeah, good play. But I'll, I won't tune in for Fulham Forest. No offense. Yeah, tuning in for that. But they lost five 0 So, but they've lost five nil today against Fulham, who I think have been pretty hot and cold all season.
0: Yeah, Fulham are pretty average. Fulham 12th in the league at the moment. Fulham draw. Tom Kearney started today. Jesus Christ, man. Fucking hell, man. <laughs> 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 Tom Kearney. Great play. Tom <laughs> Kearney is a championship. Tom Kearney is like built for the championship, is he?
1: Yeah, he's rent free in my head ever since that playoff final when he scored that goal. Bastard.
0: Oh, shit. But hey, uh,
1: look at us now.
0: Yeah, we Look at you now, Tom Ken, you sad little loser. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's 16th. That's that's not that's not great for Forrest. Oh, three wins. Who have they beat? They've beat Villa, Chelsea. Someone else fucking unreal, probably. And then they've gone they've gone and got beat today.
0: Um the other the other one is the other one that's going a little bit under the radar, I feel like, is um Palace. I feel like Palace are like, Palace are, Palace are like um they're sort of just like moonwalking a little bit into a uh, into a relegation <laughs> thing. <laughs> 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 uh, they're like you always feel like oh Palace are gonna be alright, and I feel like Palace are gonna be alright. But again, they lose two nil at home to Bournemouth tonight. That's not and by the way, can we shout out Iraola? Shout out shout out Iraola. And while we're here, shout out Gary O'Neill. Gary O'Neill is doing an unbelievable job at Wolves. Genuinely, I think that. And I'm glad to see that Iriola's doing a good job at Bournemouth as well. But Palace are Palace. Apparently
1: Palace wants Steve Cooper, which is that'd be a great appointment, I think. I think they definitely get him though, unless Forrest sack him. And For- the yeah, way they're Forrest going. Will. Forrest
0: will, mate. I they're not they're not happy with him by all accounts. Really not happy with him
1: that's stupid I think I think a manager like that for them the connection he's got with the fans it's hard because Forrest have been out of the Premier League for so long sacking him and getting the wrong appointment it could be disastrous like they go down they've spent a lot of money they've got a lot of players in their books who have got no real resale value either like players like Divock Origi you're not going to get any money back for him really he's probably going to go on a free yeah, there's a lot of players there that if you go down, you're gonna to have to, it's gonna be a fire sale, isn't it? So I reckon you you've got to stick with him. Definitely, you got to stick with him. I think if Palace knocking, it's, it's that says a lot as well because Palace are in the same positions as Forest. that I think what they're a couple points off. So Forest are fifth, uh, 16th, 13 points. Palace are only three points ahead of them.
0: But the the flip side to the Forest thing is they've spent all that money and are are just expecting to what just. Skip relegation again, but I, but I, what, I, I agree. Yeah, I, yeah, no, I agree. I agree hundred percent. I think Forest not getting relegated is a great season for them. But if you're someone pumping, if you're someone pumping forty million into buying Ibrahim Sangare, who was at PSV, who were in the Champions League, you've just spent twenty million or fifteen million on Alanga after spending what. Forty million on Gibbs White, two hundred million last year. You kind of think, right? I should, we should be pushing ahead for this, but the reality is, is the squad's average. That's not how the
1: Premier League works, though, is it? Like,
0: no, I know it's no, I know it's not. But I think if you're someone who's put all that money in, you think, right? I've put half a million, three hundred, four hundred million into this. Why the fuck are we still here?
1: Then they need to have a long look at themselves because that's not how football football ownership works either, is it? I know I what you are saying that you are right. They probably they might be thinking that, but you've got to put a lot of money in to be, to be even competing in the Premier League or, or you've got to have an outstanding recruitment like structure because the, the players, the players they're signing, they're most of them are well-known players. Like it's kind of, they're kind of picking up like dead wood off of like top teams, like hudson Adoy um who else they signed? I'm trying to think. That's also dead.
0: Alanga. <laughs> yeah. was deadwood at United. Alanger, so. yeah.
1: Like you'd probably say that they they've also paid quite a bit of money for those players. Um it's hard, and it like you you do you, I, I think if 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 Forrest finished seventeenth this season, that's, that's still a good season. Staying in the Premier League is hard. I think you, you kind of need a couple of seasons to kind of like Settle so that you can go on, like just as it's just even recruitment wise, just to be able to say to like show players like, Oh, we've, we've established Premier League side now, players be more more likely to join them, especially younger players. Yeah.
0: I was thinking as well when you're saying about that recruitment side and, um, and like the players they've got, right? I'm going to read you through, I'm going to read you through Brighton's starting lineup tonight, right? Steel Van Henk Van Hecker Hinchelswood. Adingra, Beleba Wanonote Gilmore Matoma Gross Julio which I think might be Igor and Pedro up front right yes Igor is that Igor the recruitment is honestly unbelievable that that the right back scored the winner today Hinshelwood, Jack Hinshelwood. that it, it's just like the the I don't want to bum off Brighton too much as well either, but the recruitment and the way they do things is just so good. Is what you were saying about Nottingham Forest and how they get recruitment right or wrong, or when we're talking about Chelsea Maynard, how they get recruitment right or wrong. Like they, Brighton, it's really easy and really basic to say, but the recruitment is genuinely outstanding, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah. And I think with clubs like Brighton and... Brentford I think recruiting players that are on the cusp of like being that, that are like looking for first team football in a top flight that have a high ceiling I think they're like the perfect club because they've got they've got like no real um, expectation on them there's no when they sign players, there's no fanfare around it really. You don't like, if I see Brighton sign a player, I don't really take, I don't really pay any notice to it until we play him And then I think, until, yeah, until,
0: <laughs> until you buy them for 67 million pounds. Yeah. you're like,
1: fucking hell they're flying. But like, that's how it goes. Like they can pick these players up because there's no, like no one's really paying much attention to it. It seems, but like if a big club signs one of these players, it's like, Ooh, there's a lot of attention on it. Like they didn't necessarily flourish as well. So, yeah, I think I wonder how long it will last for teams like Brentford and Brighton. I wonder. I think until their recruitment stops. I think, yeah, I, I, I think as far as their recruitment goes and their pro their potential, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how far. Brighton can go i don't i, don't know. I, I think they're going to they're going to hit a wall at some point and they? they're going they're going they're going to stop i also
0: think as well they've got like a because they've got a top class manager and i know they'll they'll know who Deserbi's replacement is going to be already whether he leaves this year or in 18 months they'll have a they'll have an idea of candidates but how many times can you get that right because i don't feel like you get that right every time i feel like you get you get put on a pedestal when you do and everyone would think, "Wow, this is amazing!" But also, I feel like you can get it wrong. You can, you can well, get it wrong. Look at
1: Southampton, for example. For years, Southampton got it so right. Their recruitment was brilliant. Every manager they brought in, so they brought they, they, yeah, every manager they brought in was was did well.
0: Like Pochettino, they Ronald Koeman, who did a really good job for him. Um, even Hassan, who Hassan, who did a good job. I mean, in retrospect to where they are now, yeah, Hassan did a good job.
1: Um. Yeah, there's someone just, else uh, now
0: we're forgetting as well, but I
1: can't think who it is. I want to just, I'm just thinking, I don't know how long it's going to. Uh, I hate to say, I, I don't want to say, I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think it's going to last. No, I, no, I
0: agree. I agree. I think, I think in five years' time, I don't think Brighton will be where they are. And I think there'll be another club that are
1: like Brighton. There are rumors that Deserby is signing their new deal. So if they can keep Deserbi, that's massive. But, how long do Brighton keep deserve? I don't know. Because I mean any of the any big club really comes in for me probably is gonna leave. If the structure's right, obviously. Because I think as well, managers now are a lot more aware of the structure around a club. They're less likely to move if it's not all there. So, like for example, if Man United sacked there at Ten Hag tomorrow, and went to Brighton and said, well, we would like to chat to De Zerbi, I don't think he would go to Man United. Even though Man United are a massive club, I don't think he would leave Brighton for Man United in the current state of it. Why w- I don't see what would attract him to it. I think he would. Other than the fact of the, pri- the profile of the club, but I don't think he'd have the tools or the funds available to him that he could do what he needed He'll to do. He'll definitely
0: have the funds available to him. I don't think the, the funds being available to him is an issue. We'll definitely have he'll have more funds at Man United than he will at Brighton, hundred percent. But I when I agree with what you were saying about Deserby. if uh, it won't be too, if he signs a four-year deal. Over the course of the next eighteen months, a big club will come knocking for him. There's no way that a big club doesn't come knocking for him. But would he accept Man United tomorrow? I think he would, and I think he. I, th- I think he would. I think he'd be offered. I think he'd be offered a lot of money. I think his head would be turned, and I think he would for Man United tomorrow. But maybe that's just maybe that's just bias. Maybe I don't know. I I, I honestly don't would know. Would you
1: Would you take to Zerbi at Man United? You'd say hypothetically, Eric Ten Hag uh, Yeah, right. Not, let me like, right.
0: Let me start by saying I do not want Eric Ten Hag to be set. I do. I don't want Eric Ten Hag to be sat. Yeah, I
1: know you would. As someone who has gone through mediocre managers and now has an elite top three manager in the world.
0: I don't want... I'm going to say I don't want Ten Hag to be sacked.
1: You should want him sacked because you deserve <laughs> it.
0: But if, if if Ten Hag were to be sacked, which I don't want, I think Deserve would probably be top of my list.
1: Yeah, I think he would. I can't think of... I heard a hilarious shout earlier. I think it was on TalkSport. Someone said that... Um, Man United you know, should go for Shabby Alonso.
0: Oh no! Liverpool uh,
1: legend Shabby yeah, Alonso. like
0: there's there's some things that like Shabby Alonso's has managed thirty games, forty games, and yes, he's doing a brilliant job, and I'd understand, yeah, getting him in. But some things just aren't don't correlate to facts. Like De Zerbi makes sense. De Zerbi's managed Sassuolo. De Zerbi's managed Shakhtar. De Zerbi's managed Brighton. Coming to Man United isn't like, whoa. And I also don't think he'd get a bad reception if he went back to Brighton because of it. But who else is there? Who else is there that in reality is going to take the Man United job? If Ten Hag gets sacked, right? Let's let's because you said you would get rid of him. Who you and you said de Zerbi won't take it. Who in reality are we going to get? If if that happened.
1: Uh, good question.
0: I don't think because I've said this. I've said this to you loads of times, right? And I, 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 I think the manager, where the manager has made mistakes, right? As every manager makes mistakes. I don't think the issue is the manager. I don't even think the issue. I, I think the the, the glazers and whatever that, that has is is obviously a factor and stuff like that. But I think when you think about the day to day things, the reality is the issues at Man United come from the fact of average players have been held on for such a long amount of time. Victor Lindelof has spent seven years at Man United, and we still don't know if he's good or not. I said this the other day, Martial has spent nine and a half years at Man United and isn't good enough. Players like, and this is where it's difficult because players that I like, like I I like wan I like Dalo, I like, um, if, I mean, I don't know Tommy somebody said that I like them, but we've spent, they've been in and out of the team, are they good enough, are they not good enough for five years? Five plus years. That's where the issue lies. That's where like the issue lies is our the issue lies is we spend a lot of money on a lot of average players or we spend a lot of money on players that either aren't good enough or are too old. The best the the best the best our our best three signings post Fergie. Fucking hell, I've said that. I can't think what the answer is. Bruno Bruno is one. And then I don't know. And then I don't know. There's a there's a handful of players that you think, yeah, they've been alright. Like, yeah, they've what? Martinez, Martinez um, the the people I think who would come under the stage of they've done a good job. That's probably a recency bias, though, right? Yeah, I, yeah, it is. I think the list of people that come under the, the the list of people that come under good done a good job are Shaw and Shaw. Nah. Shaw was shit for a matter of point. No matter, no matter, no. Um, Martinez, What,
1: man who scored in the FA Cup final. Are you joking me?
0: Yeah, Jesse Lingard scored in the FA Cup final. It doesn't mean he's world class. Um, Martinez, Cavani. Honest Cavalli was unbelievable for us for a season until Ronaldo came back. Zlatan was brilliant for us for a season. Shaw Martinez.
1: That's tragic,
0: mate. Sh- that, and, like Matter wasn't, wasn't bad. Matter wasn't bad. Matter, but Matter also didn't really play for three years. The last three he, he he didn't play really in a year for one year. And then we gave him a two-year contract because he was good around the place. You kind of think. Fucking hell, like what football's not football isn't made for wow matter anymore, really. Unless he's not going to play out wide, is he? Unless you're going to play, unless you're going to play to suit him, but he's too old and not good enough at that point to play to suit him. And then you look at the rest of it and you think Lindelof has been, Lindelof has been so up and down. Maguire, Maguire has, Maguire's in a really good run of form at the moment, but he's in a really good run of form because we sit a lot deeper and he can put some blocks in and stuff like that. But, but anyway, but Maguire hasn't been a successful £80 million sign in. I don't think anyone would say he has been. Anyway, you look at it, it's just a lot of money really poorly spent. So, whether back to the original point, would Deserby coming in and change that? I don't know. I don't think Deserby makes those decisions at Brian. I think Deserby has a profile of player that he says, oh, I want this type of player and Brighton go and find him that type of player. Whereas Man United go, right, let the manager just figure it out.
1: Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? I think it's just a structure above Ten Hag or and also the recruitment around him. I think he's just left to his own devices. Him and his like small team that he probably has, which... I don't think he's got the right structure around him. I know you've said it before, director of football, like a screaming out, one, aren't they?
0: Yeah. But sorry, back to your question before I went on that rant as well. Who would come in to replace San hark Who's available? Who's a viable option that comes in to replace him?
1: I'm going to say a name, but it's I do not It's not a viable option. Zidane. That's the only player, that's the only manager I can think of that would be probably like, an attractive manager that you'd, you'd want, right? I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. Yeah,
0: I think Z- Zidane's, a weird, Zidane's such a weird one to me because he won the Champions League three times on the bounce with Real Madrid and no one has fancied him since. What is the issue? Like, what has gone on? What, I, what, what? Why has he not taken a job since Real Madrid? Has to be a like
1: why? I just don't think he wants to. I don't see. To be honest with you, I reckon he wants to probably manage Real Madrid. He maybe he might fancy a pop at France, but and
0: then what, manage some Saudi clubs. Why would
1: he want to come manage in the Premier League?
0: So, and right, I don't and that, I, I and did, I didn't think
1: he really cares that much about being a manager I think when he did the Real Madrid job I think when he initially he came in I want to say he came, oh, I might be completely wrong here. I, I, I swear when he first came in he came in as interim manager and he kept the job yeah because
0: he was, yeah, was Ancelotti's number two he was Ancelotti's number two so he
1: kept the job the team was a was on it like you can't I don't I, I, it's hard to get it wrong isn't it yeah that's easy to
0: say but it is
1: I say it's hard to yeah, get it wrong. I think a lot of those players probably can just put them out there. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not a football manager.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. Just one more quick thing as well. Um. oh Just a reminder that Jude Bellingham plays football. <laughs> and we love Jude Bellingham so much. WGs. Um. Oh, how good
1: is he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to entertain this. But yeah, I love him. Um, I just want to quickly talk about um, something that keeps coming up. I keep hearing it, which is really fucking frustrating me. Um, the constant questioning of—I um, did do it myself actually, so I'm gonna—I'm gonna—I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, gonna contradict myself a little bit. But the constant questioning of managers who play a certain way. So I'll use Anne for an example. In the media, all I hear about is Postecoglou trying to play, a, play, play out, play a high line, play out from the back when he hasn't got the players available to him, and Iriola as well is another one that I keep seeing people talk about. He needs to, he needs to adapt. Um, I did say on a previous podcast after we played Spurs that I thought the best managers can can change it. But I don't understand this 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 um, this agenda with people talking about Postecoglou needs is set up completely differently when he plays the likes of Man City because he he went out and showed exactly why he doesn't do that. But in game, if you're chase, if you're like say you're in. If you're in the if you're if you're winning, you can sit back, but he doesn't do that. He he's on the front foot the entire time, um, and the same goes for Iola when he first when when he first took over Bournemouth, obviously it took a little bit of time for them to 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 bed in and and and, and start playing the way he wanted to. Um,
0: I I've just looked it up, right? Antonio Conte has lost three games against Man City, right? Because that's my first thought process was you are talking about setting up completely differently against a, a setting up completely differently because Man City are attacking and have better players than you. So you can't play your possession style football and you need to play something different. I think Ange is the prime example, right? But they draw the game three all. And yes, they might be fortunate to draw the game three all. They lose that game 5 nil if they try to do it any differently. If, you, if you're going to try and sit in a, if you're going to try and sit and park the bus with fucking Ben Davis and Emerson Royale as you're starting two centre-backs against Erlen Haaland. you're going to get taken to the absolute cleaners. I think what everyone needs when it comes to things like this is a reality check for one and a bit of fucking patience. Like, here Iola... Here, Iola's not setting the world delight at the moment, but he's but he's doing a good enough job to get Bournemouth probably where they should be after having a really, really, really poor start. So in theory, if they've been poor for seven or eight games and now they're where they should be, he's done a really good job over the course of the last five, six, seven games where his 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 tactics and his implementation of the things are working as they should be. Angie's Angie's getting it's from everywhere, and part of it is because he seems like he's a really likable guy, but also because they play really good football. But Spurs probably are about where you would expect them to be, I would say as well. They would, they should, they, they could be higher if they, I think if Madison was there and Van der Ven was there, etc., etc. But I think the rhetoric of or the 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 idea of oh, just um, part of the bus or just do something different is just so fucking lazy. Is so lazy. Oh man, it's bo- like because you bring these managers in because they do something really, really, really well. Bournemouth didn't bring Iriola in because they went, wow, he could be all right. Well, he did all right with Viocano last year. They brought him in because they've gone look at the way that he plays football. Viocano, I'm bringing him in. You you don't yeah. bring there's a reason that Tottenham go and bring in Ange Postacoglu, but they wouldn't try and bring in Ronnie Dyler or Gordon Strachan or Neil Lennon, isn't there? Because the way he plays football is significantly better because he is a he's a top top manager. Um so I agree with you hundred percent.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I keep hearing it and it and it winding me up. Um Yeah, thanks. I also just want to talk about how great a job um Rob Edwards is doing at Luton Town. Oh,
0: unreal job. They should be, they should have zero points. They should have genu- they not zero, but they should have a point. They should not be as good as they are. How can he bring, how can he bring Ross Barkley back from France? How can he bring Andros Townsend, re- uh, semi retired Andros Townsend, and get them playing?
1: Mate, uh, the squad, the squad is championship. It really is. And he's got them playing so well. Like that I kind of expected them. They're not, they're not playing how I I was kind of expecting to but I was kind of expecting how, you know, when Sheffield United first came up a couple of seasons ago under Chris Wilder and they were electric, weren't they? Like every game at Bramall Lane was like a cup final. Like nobody wanted to play them. They were horrible to play against and they were, Obviously, they, they they started really well. I think they were fifth after like twenty games, or something stupid like that, before the lockdown happened. Um, that's how I was. <laughs> I'm not saying I, I was expecting them to be fifth after twenty games, but what I was expecting was them to be like really hostile to play against. But they've they, they've not really done that. They've kind of been um, kind of uh, quite humble actually. Like they they've been um, they haven't they haven't really like made it hard for teams they've kind of tried to play which i didn't expect from them i thought they'd be like really um yeah tough to tough to break down and kind of like like trying to like snatch snatch like one nil wins but they haven't they've been they've been quite open and they, they play they play some quite good football as well
0: yeah they are yeah they're a good side they're a good he's doing a brilliant job they're a good side and, and like you said the they're a bit more expansive than I thought they would be, and their side is so average. Like on paper is so average. And it and, and it, it, it must be even better because he was Watford manager, acts as Watford manager, becomes Lewin manager, takes
1: Lewin to the Premier League, and is doing well with Lewin in the Premier League. Um he was the he was the Forest Green manager two years ago in League Two. Mad don't it.
0: Yeah, because he took the Watford no, well, not even two years ago. because He took the Watford job at the beginning of last season from Forest Green, so he was there what eighteen months ago. Fucking mental, but he must be top. Like he must be top for him to be able to do something like that. He must be like a top manager.
1: Yeah, I, it's like, little things like well, I see his body language on the side of the on the touchline. And I think he looks very composed. Yeah, but he also he also looks like a lead two manager. <laughs> like it's just like silly things like. He like he doesn't you know when you see like um top managers, they're like going crazy on the sidelines. Yeah. He's just like it's <laughs> like remonstrating the referee's just like two arms in the air, like <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Wearing a hoodie.
0: <laughs> Umbro gloves. I know they're sponsored by Umbro, but surely you can get
1: better. Surely uh, you can get better. Shout out to Luton and shout out to Rob Edwards.
0: Yeah, shout yeah, shout out both of them. Um, just quickly on that as well. What teams that should be doing what they what should be doing better, etc. Hecking bottom had to go, didn't he? Yeah,
1: five nil. That is time.
0: It's time to go. The, th- the, the thing is, as well, is he's done a brilliant job for there. He's done a brilliant job for them, and it. It feels like the most like um, organic sacking ever because he's done a brilliant job. I don't think any Sheffield United fan will dislike Paul Heckenbottom or will have been like, oh, fucking hell, Heckenbottom, we could have stayed up if it wasn't for you because they're, they're going to go down with Chris Wilder, but also he has to go. Like It just felt it felt right. So unlucky Paul Heckenbottom. Shout out to you for the great job you did last year, but unlucky.
1: Do you think they'll go down with Chris Wilder?
0: 100%. <laughs> that would be bottom. They'll get they'll uh, they'll get seventeen points, max. I think I think they're going to get pulled from pillar to post. They do
1: look shit, yeah. Um, they're dog shit. I don't know. Like he's 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 from Sheffield, isn't he? Like
0: oh, I don't know. They're gone. They are gone. They're not even. They're the only team that are gone. Newton should be gone with them. But they're the only team that are gone, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, they are. They are rock bottom. Yeah, but and crap and
0: crap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, re- I I don't know. I I, I reckon. I think that's. Uh, I think it could be a good appointment.
0: Right, their goal difference is minus thirty. We are fifteen games <laughs> into a season.
1: <laughs> I think take it back. They're I dead. think they are fucked. Oh, sorry, <laughs> yeah, fucking hell,
0: man. <laughs> I'm finished. <laughs> we'll never
1: got- go a podcast about you doing that fucking meme. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mate, they've got one mate 15 games one win two draws 12 losses they are Can't gone wait
1: mate, they'll beat us now
0: right I think that's us isn't it
1: it's gotta be innit
0: <laughs> I'm knackered
1: it? I've got a hangover now yeah same oh yeah, so I'm just drinking all the
0: fighting beers <laughs>
1: <That'd> be <laughs> we didn't quality. talk about half the results either
0: yeah, but, right, okay, well, okay, here, we're not that fucking, we're not the classified at the end of TalkSport at fucking 4.15, are we? But no, yeah, June, true. Brentford won. Actually, we spoke about every result. We spoke, actually, or genuinely we spoke about every result today. What was, true. oh, yeah, and I said I'd big up Gary Neal, so he spoke about the result yesterday as well, so... Anyway, right, this was the Mate How Good Was podcast. We love Jude Bellingham. Follow the Tiki Talks, follow the Instagram at MateHGW. We love you all so much. We're going and we're going to go to bed. So it's goodbye and good night from me, Josh,
1: and. Night, night from me, Dono. (laughs)
0: 99, Uncle Dono.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's disgusting, you freak.
0: Right, love you all so much. Bye. (laughs)